T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Thank you both. Um, we're going to talk to a, a victim of violent crime here for an hour, and um, I don't even know how to begin to extend my my condolences to somebody who loses a child because it's just not the natural order, right? It's not the way it's supposed to be. And we're joined by Sherilyn Price now, mother of Brandon Boogie B. Montrell, who was killed on uh, December 23rd. I'd said it was Christmas Eve. It was not, but I guess it all kind of gets lost in a blur there. First of all, good morning, Miss Price. How are you? Good morning, Tommy. I am so, so sorry for your loss. And um, I guess I guess you still miss him every day and you still talk to him every day. And it's hard for you to believe when you wake up every morning that he's gone. All of that. Um all of that. I still cry every day. Mostly cry myself to sleep and wake up crying. But I, you have good days and bad days. Um, let me say thank you for having me on, Tommy. I'm a big fan, a long time listener. Oh, well, thank you. That's nice of you to say. It really is. Um, if you can, and and I just I like to go beyond this, Miss Price, because it's not just a story in a paper. It 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 affects families and it ripples out and ripples out and ripples out. Um, you okay? Yes, I'm okay. here. How, how did you find out about this? Did you get the call on Christmas uh, Eve or the day before that? Because I know social media was alive with this, and, and I want to talk about your son as well. But first, just how did you find out? Um, a reporter from the Times-Picayune called me and asked me to confirm that I was his mother and that he had been killed. Oh, Lord. Before the police department or anything else? Oh, yeah, um, much. Um, uh, my father had gotten wind of it on social media, and he asked me, was, and I told him that he was. And he says, well, call him and call me back. And so I tried to reach out to him, and of course I texted him. He didn't answer. I called. He didn't answer. And before I could call my father back, a reporter called me um, from the Times-Picayune. And that's how I found out. I'm a parent, and what you just described is just the worst nightmare that, that I that I could imagine. Just trying the phone and frantically dialing and saying, "Please, dear God, let him answer. Please let him answer." Um, tell well, me about. Yeah, at the time I called him, I didn't know why I was calling him. My father didn't tell me oh, what he okay. had heard on social media. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your son. My son was the young man that I raised him to be. He he didn't drink. He didn't smoke. He didn't. He wasn't violent. He had never been in trouble ever. He had 
the most positive attitude for someone who had been through some pretty horrible things. He was always positive. He was always joking. I was thinking about it and talking to my husband the other day, and I don't recall him ever being angry with someone. Mm -hmm. He'll be more disappointed. He would say, oh, this is what happened, you know, but he would never rage at anybody. He would never rage at anything. He tended to take laughter was his medicine and his remedy for most things. At what point did you realize he was funny? Right from the beginning? No. <laughs> That's the funny thing. He was a very quiet child. He was a very old soul. Mm -hmm. He didn't run around like other children did. We used to call him Grandpa. He followed his big brother around mostly. I didn't realize he was funny until I was sitting in the um, audience at his first show in D.C. in 2008. Wow. Um you said some of the awful things that he'd been through. What had he been through? Um, his father died of complications to the AIDS virus. Mm. Um, prior to that, his cousin, who used to spend every summer with us when we lived in Florida, he was murdered in 2002 when he literally died in Brandon's arms. Mm. And then in 2010, my older son, Kevin, committed suicide. I am so so sorry for you, Miss Price. That 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 is just e even more heartbreaking. Um, one one thing mm -hmm. that I, I wanted to talk to you about is is what you said, and I was talking to Ronald Surpass about it before. I don't know if you heard it or not, but um, I'm going to quote you here. My son was not just the victim of a straight bullet; he's the victim of decades of neglect that have left New Orleans youth with no hope for a future and with no real fear of consequences. It's past time for leaders in our city and all over to do their jobs. It matters who the president is, who the governor is, and who the mayor is. Leaders create opportunities, including the opportunity to live in peace without fear or random violence. Your family was touched in violence in a lot of, a lot of different ways. Um, tell me uh, about your thoughts as it relates to what you said and the violence that has touched your family. I look at it from a different lens than the average New Orleans citizen. I'm not naturally from New Orleans. I'm from Tampa originally. I came to New Orleans when I was about 13, and I've lived here more than half my life. Um, when Brandon was about three, I moved back to Tampa, and I stayed there for 12 years until he was about 15. And during that time, I saw a whole different system than what I see here. Okay, and so it's like when a community will prioritize its children, when leadership will put in funding, you know, to support community and youth programs, when um, I, when the leaders would have processes where there's accountability when children commit crimes, when there's evaluation and oversight, when the social Department of Social Services are involved in these processes. I've seen a lot of things that are obviously not at work here, and to my knowledge, never have been. I grew up in this city as a teenager, and I can remember being shipped off to Tampa every summer to my grandma's because there wasn't any, my mom wasn't confident in any of the, what they had, uh, the resources that were available, nor it was insufficient then, it's insufficient now.
and there really wasn't anything else for teenagers to do during the summer and when you were out of school. And when I lived in Tampa, my sister sent my nephew every summer for that same reason. So I've been part of the generations that did not have adequate recreation, that didn't have adequate supervision, and more importantly, didn't have adequate accountability. You think it's the kind of thing where because we live with it here, we just presume that's normal and you got to get somewhere else to get an outside perspective to see, wait a minute, that's not the way it's supposed to be? Well, it could be that, and you can refer back to the old the frog that's in the mm-hmm. and the and doesn't realize that it's gradually getting heated up. You know, it's it's that kind of thing. You know, but New Orleans, you know, New Orleans brings in a great deal of money for the state and for the city itself, and it's inexcusable how the city has neglected its children and its families. In a red state where we've now been told that if you get pregnant, you have to have children, then we're obligated to assist with these families that are being forced to be put together. You know, we've allowed children who we don't allow. Think about it, Tommy. We don't allow children to buy cigarettes until they're 21. We don't allow them to buy alcohol until they're 21. They can't vote until they're 18. But we allow them the responsibility of raising other children. Children raising children is the primary driver of this kind of crime all over the country. I can guarantee you there are people listening right now that said, well, then just don't have the kids. Tell the kids not to have the kids. Explain, if you will, for people that are not um, maybe maybe uh, living within that reality, what the reality of that is, why it's not as simple as just saying that. Well, we lost that fight in the 70s. Um, I don't know how old you are, but I recall in the 70s when there was a lot of controversy when people wanted to include sex education in the school curriculum. And that battle was lost, and it was not included in the curriculum. In the same way that conflict resolution and and anger management is not being included in the curriculum today. In light of the mass shootings that are all over the country, no one has said, hey, let's put conflict resolution in the schools and maybe kids won't bring guns and kill people. What would you let me take a break? We'll pick it up here. We come back because we got to manage the clock here. I'm talking to Sherilyn Price, mother of Brandon Boogie B. Montrell, about uh, her son, local comedian. Funny, she didn't realize he was funny until she saw him on stage in D.C., but just in the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't know if even wrong place is accurate because he was just at the grocery store on December 23rd. He had come into town for the holidays because he called them the eating holidays. And Miss Price got some interesting. Um, outlook on on the criminal justice system on juvenile justice on what needs to be done what the problems are and i think it's worth listening to somebody rather than than being you know an observer and and there's nothing wrong with being an observer and having opinions i think it's important to hear the voice of somebody who's in it who has been affected by it so much who's been watching it for a long time to see what she has to say and hear what she has to say and uh, and mull it over. Sherilyn Price, back in a flash with her. I'm Tommy Tucker. This is WWL. We're uh, talking to Sherilyn Price, mother of Brandon Boogie D. Montrell, a comedian that was shot on um, December 23rd and killed in a Rouse's parking lot. Miss Price, have they uh, arrested the people involved in this or not? 
Um, not all of them. I'm told my information is sort of sketchy. Um, the day of his funeral, January 5th, they announced that they had arrest one the sh- arrested one of the shooters in Houston. And I'm told that there's an extradition process underfoot um, as far as he's concerned. I know there was a young lady who was also arrested who subsequently bailed out. She's being charged as being an accessory. And I'm told there's another person that they're looking for. Um, They initially told me that they were going to release his picture to the public. And since I don't think they've done that, they may have either arrested him or come up with some other information. Um, I'm due to hear from them in a few days, so I, I will know. I'm now getting somewhat regular status reports. How, how has that been, the communications process? Are you uh, pleased with either NOPD or, or the uh, DA and how they've been keeping you updated as to oh, what's going on? Tommy, pleased is a strong word. Um, it, it was rocky. We were off to a very rocky start with NOPD, um, and there was a period where um, I didn't—they didn't initiate any phone calls with me at all. Um, I didn't hear from them when Brandon was killed until 11 o'clock that night. By then, I had already known, and they were responding to a message they had gotten from me. Um, I've had mm. two conversations with the detective who was on the scene. Um, So after um, the interviews and and my public appearances and so forth, that generated some communication, and I've subsequently spoken with the superintendent who gave me her apologies, some assurances, and and some promises, and I've subsequently spoken with – I've recently spoken with a sergeant um, in charge of the detectives, and she – was very cordial. Um, she didn't have any new information, but she promised to stay in touch. And so I will say that we've come along with NOPD. The DA's office is a whole nother matter. What's going on with them? Uh, I haven't spoken to the DA um Let's just say that I don't have any confidence in the DA's office and kind of leave it at that. Wow. Um, That's a pretty strong statement. Why not? Well, uh, and I didn't really want to get into this. Well, you don't have to. It's not a secret because I I spoke about it publicly when it happened. Um, I I think it was January 17th when I reached out to the DA's office because I realized that I was supposed to have heard from them, and I had not. I had gone over my victim's rights package and realized that I had not been kept informed as to what happened and as after the arrest on January 5th, and I reached out to the DA's office, and I was told that there weren't any suspects, and that's why I hadn't been contacted. And I told them about the arrest, and they told me they had no information on that. And it just so happens that that day I was due to submit my op-ed to the Times-Picayune. They had invited me to write an opinion editorial. So once that happened, and I rewrote the op-ed to include the current events, and the next that later that next day when it came out, the DA's assistant reached out to me and told me that the DA would see me some two weeks in the future, and um, that would have been January 30th. And so I'm like, okay, that's fine. And the following morning, 
I read in my coffee that the DA has called me a liar, basically. Um, they, they asked him about my statements, about what I was told by his assistants, and he said that no one from his office had made those statements. But to this day, I have a voicemail from Kendrick Thomas, his assistant, saying that very thing. And so I, I was kind of incensed by that because he had not spoken to me to find out who I had talked to or what they had said to me. He just came out in the public and said it wasn't true. And so in light of those events, I responded by, to the email inviting me to set the appointment and told him I was no longer interested in meeting with the DA because if that's how he handles things, then I had no reason to be confident in what he would tell me or why he would say it to me. And one more thing, sure. since all of that has happened, um, I have found out and we have all found out about how the DA's office has not followed through on some major cases and missed deadlines. Um, I have been supported more by the community, um, by moms like uh, Noah's mom, Elizabeth Hansard, and Jameer's mom, Larisha Roussel. Um, and in Noah's mom's case, in, in Noah's case, the suspect wasn't charged properly because the DA missed the deadline. And I'm told this thing has happened again recently. So in light of all of that and, and my experience with him, I can't say with any confidence that I have any, uh, I can't say that I have any confidence in the DA's office and how this is going to play out. I'm watching it carefully. Let me read from your op-ed here, if I if I may. It says, what I saw in Florida is quite clear. Leaders create opportunities. A president reformed welfare. Governor filtered that down to the cities. I was able to go to business school, retired as a staff accountant and financial analyst, and I'm a realtor. I lived in a place where the leaders cared about people, and we broke the cycle of poverty. New Orleans affords no such opportunities, and we're accepting the unacceptable. We prioritize tourism, business, sports team. We're not protected by the Saints. We're not protected by hoteliers. And clearly, we're not protected by the people we've chosen to protect us. If I can come up with solutions, why can't the people elected to protect the community? When the sink runs over, you can mop all day, but you won't get it up until you turn the faucet off. Crime is all over the floor, and we have to turn the faucet off, and the faucet is where the kids live. My son wasn't safe, and we aren't either when we set foot in that city. We have to decide if we can live with that. As a mother of a murdered child, I cannot. And I'm getting a text or two here from somebody who I would hazard to guess doesn't live in Orleans Parish and um, doesn't even begin to understand what Miss Price is trying to tell us about. And Sherilyn, it just, if I can call you that, it just drives me crazy when, and I've been in meetings before where they're trying to assess what the problem is. And the people that are involved are telling you what the problem is, but they don't want to listen to it. They want to try to frame it and shape it into what they want it to be so they can somehow, in quotation marks, solve it. You are telling us what the problem is. You you lived through what the problem is, correct? You know what the problem is. And you're trying to, and as it involves you, as it involves your siblings, as it involves your children, cousins, friends, etc. You're trying to tell us what needs to be fixed, but yet it seems as though nobody is listening. Well, they're not listening at their own peril. 
Because, see, this crime is so out of control till anyone can become a victim at any time. My son was only in the city a matter of hours. His luggage was in the car with him, okay? He was in the business district. And as a realtor, I can tell you the high-rent district, studio apartments in that area started like 2500 a month. Mm-hmm. There are half-a-million-dollar condos around there. And all of those people go to the grocery store where my son was killed. So everybody has some skin in this game, whether they choose to rationalize it or not. And I think that's how a lot of it has gotten out of control, because those of us who live, you know, in in the suburbs and we live well, we've said, oh, that's not our problem. That's those people. But, you know, New Orleans is the mother city, and no matter where you live, Hammond, Slidell, the North Shore, Covington, whatever, you have to come in and through New Orleans at some point, okay? So I don't—I can, I can only tell them the truth, you know, as a mur- the mother of a murdered child. I feel like I can't take it on the chin. I have to say something. I have to do something. I can't just— because my parents live in that city. My granddaughter lives in that city. She's going to college there. We all have people we care about in New Orleans, and you're fooling yourself if you think none of this can come to your doorstep. Because trust me, I thought living in Slidell for over a decade, I thought I was safe. It never occurred to me that the violence in New Orleans would come to my home and my family. Let me take a break. When we come back, uh, I don't know if you've if you've heard me say it, Miss Price, but you know, I, I go back to we're in our little bassinets in, in the hospital, and they got boys and they got girls. Some are white, some are black, some are different races. Some have white ca- uh, pink caps, some have blue caps. How do we go from that point to um, your son is in the city for less than a couple of hours, still got his luggage in his car, and he gets hit by? And I want to quote you here from your op-ed as well. Um, about a stray bullet, and you said that is a polite way. Let me find it here because because I think it, it's stunning the way you said it. Um, maybe you have it in front of you, but you can remember what you said. You I said, don't. <laughs> okay, you said it was a stray bullet, which is a polite way um, of saying it was intended for somebody else, I think is what you said. Right. So what I, I want right. to do is, considering what, you, what you've lost, the life you've lived, what you've overcome, Take us back to that hospital, and for the kids that are in the hospital a day in the bassinets and the white in the brown, the uh, black, uh, I'll get it out, pink caps and blue caps. What what do we do? How do we keep from going down the same road that we keep going down? Because we've had this conversation for twenty something years now, forty something years, and we keep having the same conversation. And until we do something to change what happens to those kids that are in the bassinets right now and to keep the ones from going down the wrong roads, we're going to continue to have this conversation. So I'd like to get your take on that when we come back. Sherilyn Price is our guest. Her son was murdered, the comedian, uh, Brandon Boogie B. Montrell. And and, uh, I'm appreciative of her taking the time to, to work through the pain and share her story with us. And I also want to hear from the people that are involved in in it that that tell me what needs to be fixed. Tell us all what needs to be fixed so that maybe we can put the pressure on the right people and it does finally get fixed. Or at least we do whatever we can to minimize it. 936, 24 before 10. I'm Tommy Tucker back in a flash on WWL.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 